What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show here giving you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And the Knicks win a, a scary one. It was a tight game, 113 to 109. But guess what? MVP, MVP, MVP Jalen Brunson comes out here and puts on the show. But let's go down to the stats before we even get to Jalen Brunson. Hartenstein gives you six points. Two steals, one block, and 17 rebounds on the night. OG on a no beat gives you 19.7 rebounds and shoots three or five with two blocks on the night. Dante gives you 19 points. Randall gives you 21 points and five assists. But him, Bruns him. Mr. Incredible Brunson Burner gives you 41 points, eight assists, and seven rebounds on the night. And scoring 20 points in the fourth quarter alone and gave you bucket after bucket in the clutch. Mr. One and himself, Jalen Brunson, gotta bust those shots for him. Because the Knicks overcome giving up 17 turnovers and 23 points off of turnovers for the night. But despite their sloppy play on a back-to-back -back night against a feisty Wizards team, the Knicks win two in a row. And we are moving on. We are moving on to the Raptors on Saturday. Getting ready for a reunion game, an emotional reunion game. So everybody get your, your tissues ready. Uh, for Saturday, but before we get to that, we're gonna talk about tonight in this game. All right, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. So let's get to it. Um, uh, introduce you to my guys. Um, first and foremost, it's the man, the myth, the legend, the god, the stats, and the facts. All right, G in the building. What's good? What's good? And second, I think this is the Latin assassin. But what are your pronouns, Latinus? I'm not sure who's the. <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening to that. Lee has to be in the building. <laughs> this, this is my face after that win, man. It's like I'm happy, but it's also like, damn, it shouldn't have been that hard. That should have been an easy W, as Ryan said in our in our chat. That I think that game took a little bit too much out of us, and it it, it took a Jalen Brunson masterclass for us to beat the Washington Wizards, the seven win Washington Wizards. So I'm happy, but I'm also like. Leon, man, keep working those phones, bro. Do not stop. Yeah, keep working those phones. I, I have a theory. I have a theory. For first, the Washington Wizards uh, just picked up Marvin Bagley, and he did pretty well for him. For them, he definitely was trying to impress his new teammates. But though the Wizards, they've been bad all season, and they got embarrassed by losing to the Detroit Pistons at home. You don't want to do that. Your, your reputation and your pride is at stake when you lose the Detroit Pistons at home. And they've been losing a lot lately. So I feel like there was a little bit of extra bigger coming into the world's most famous arena in Madison Square Garden and putting up the fight because they actually didn't play bad. They actually didn't play bad. and But also the Knicks played bad too. The Knicks played bad, but Jalen Brunson is just that good. And let's I just... We got to just talk about how incredible this guy is. I will never 
get tired of watching Jalen Brunson put on a masterclass and cooking everybody on the other side of the ball. I don't care who, short man, tall man, double team, step back three, and ones. He has the full arsenal. He, he, he was in his bag. The Birkin bag was deep today with Jalen Brunson, and there was no answer for him. And I'm just, I'm just happy he's on my team. Because I feel it's still not lost on me how we were looking for a guy like this, a 1A, a point guard who can do the things he did today and just put the team on his back when everybody else was turning into calamity. So I'm appreciating everything that I saw from Jalen Brunson, who did everything scarily, seemingly on one leg today. Because uh, he looked like he got a little bit injured uh, or tweaked, but he, he got through that injury or tweak or whatever it is, and he got that win. I'm glad he's on our team because, woo, that, he, he's an unstoppable force. I know he, Scott Perry is talking about forces. Jalen Brunson is a force. I don't, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, G. Yeah, Brunson, well, first and foremost, let's just keep it a buck. Jalen Brunson is the reason why the Knicks won this game tonight. Absolutely. the Wizards. If Brunson wasn't going off like this, the Knicks probably would have lost. And it's impressive the way he's able to get clutch bus clutch bucket after clutch bucket after clutch bucket. Doesn't matter who they put on him. It doesn't matter, like you said, whether it's a whether it's a guard, whether it's a wing, whether it's a big man, he's able to find some way to change, like to change speeds, take take several angles to the basket, get to the basket, finish at the basket, and one, shoot the three, do all of those things. But there is a concern because yeah. Jalen Brunson played the full second half. He did not sit on the bench for one minute. And as you can see, he just came back from an injury not too long ago. And he was hobbling at the end of the game. And I definitely do, do not want to see Brunson having to play a full half of basketball because the Knicks don't have somebody off the bench who's reliable enough to give him time to rest and be fresh for the end of, you know, the end stretch of a game. And with McBride and the bench unit, I feel like the reason why Thibs played Brunson the full second half was because the bench wasn't giving him nothing and the game was too close to risk. Yeah. Putting Brunson on the bench and have McBride out there to try to run the offense and see what you can get. And this is not sustainable. Now, I don't want the Knicks to rush and feel like, okay, we have to bring in somebody immediately because a lot of times when you rush, you end up giving up too much for a player just to bring that player in and help out the team. You still have to negotiate and, you know, play your cards right to see if you can get the right deal set for you to bring in another guy to help out the team, especially somebody coming off that bench, that second unit. Mm -hmm. But the Knicks also have to keep in mind that you cannot have Brunson out there playing, playing like a full second half. Like you, that's not sustainable. So while he had a great game tonight, there's also a concern because that bench unit, they cannot play. And I don't understand why Thibs don't tell these guys to just, just run, do cardio, 
because you cannot score in the half court. So you know what? Just run on every possession. You might, like, like the saying goes, a dead clock is right twice a day. Just run on every possession. I'm pretty sure one or two of those possessions, you could probably get an easy basket by just running down the court like Coach Carter. Just run. Don't call no offensive play. Just run and see if you can get an easy basket here or there. But Brunson had a great game tonight, but there are concerns. Well said. Well said. I feel like a lot of the teams who don't have the offensive firepower does just that. Look at the Toronto before they made their trade. Hell, look at the Wizards. Like They just score by running. And our second unit needs to do that. Now, on a micro... On a micro, if, I, if I'm not counting in wins and losses and looking at development, Miles Mc, uh, McBride, he I liked he started to actually initiate offense today. Like I saw him breaking people off the dribble and kicking it out. So I actually saw like a little bit of growth in that regard without the buckets, without the scoring. I know people talk about, you know, he, he didn't score, though. I look for little things that lead up to the scoring. How are you setting up the scoring? How are you setting up um, other players to, to you know, score? to uh, get open shots. I was looking at things like that, and I saw s some small things that gave me hope, but at the end of the, res the end result is you need to score baskets. Uh, so in a big picture for us, that's not going to help us today get to the playoffs because the Knicks and win now, win now mode, and the, the, the East is extremely tight. <laughs> I see y'all smirk, smirking. Oh, God, here you go. <laughs> Family in the chat making me laugh, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to get out the chat. I need to get out the chat. <laughs> but yo, Ryan G is absolutely right. This is not sustainable. Brunson playing whole halves isn't sustainable. OG Ananobi once again playing 40 whatever minutes is not sustainable. Hartenstein playing all these minutes is not sustainable. This is a recipe for disaster long term. And like Ryan G said, we don't want to rush to make moves, but we 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 need to do something. We need to do something. Um Quickly, but not quickly, but quickly. And ironically, quickly is uh, the reason why we're in this situation right now. Because although he did bring us OG Ananobi out of a fantastic third quarter, we sorely are missing that floor general reliable scorer off the bench. And it's going to be a process um, trying to hold on until that comes to us. Yeah, not sure if you want to... Well, yeah, I'm not sure you want to have anything to add to that league or not. Uh, one thing I do want to say about Brunson, and I think the last NBA player that I saw this and it was Kevin Durant, where it's not just about hitting the clutch shot in the clutch moment, but hitting that shot in the second or third quarter when the opposing team is going to run and you need a big bucket to maintain momentum. Yeah. Relief. Brunson is always aware of that. And really, that's when you'll see him pull up off a dribble and knock down a three or get to the hole and get fouled for an end one or hit the free throw. She's very cognizant of when the team needs a shot to stay ahead mm -hmm. or to let them go on an extended run. And that that is a superstar mentality. Durant was always fantastic that when he was OKC and Golden State. So I'm very glad that we have that dog mentality for our best player. I hear you. I hear you. And know it's weird. No, it's weird too. Um Usually, usually the second unit has somebody playing with them from the first unit. It was all second unit today. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Like, there was no Brunson. There was no Randall. It was straight up. McBride, you run the show. 
see we can we can get us. So I I feel like I feel like I don't know if this is a this is an experiment or what. Uh, it was a failed experiment because they didn't produce any points, even though I did see small micro things that happen. But I, I'm wondering why today Tibbs kind of strayed away from going playing Brunson or Randall with the second unit. It was interesting. It's definitely it definitely felt like there was an edict from above from the Leon Rose to play Fournier, which was the most like out of nowhere goofy ass minutes I've seen sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and and also to to really overplay Grimes as well, even though I think in the typical uh, day and time he would have been pulled within the second quarter. But I think Tips left him out there longer because they're really trying to advertise both those two pieces to get someone in here ASAP to fill that backup playmaker role. So I think that. Shifted the rotations a little bit. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so this is one of my things that make you go hmm moments when Josh Hart didn't suit up today um and didn't play after playing yesterday and seemingly being fine. But you you, you can take this either way. You can say it was a back-to-back. So if if he had a bad knee and a back-to-back, this would be the day to sit him because it's the wizards, you should be able to beat him. We don't need him for a back-to-back. That could be it. Or if you're a conspiracy theory theorist and you're reading these headlines about Grimes and Evan Fournier being shopped, then you might believe, hey, this is the opportunity to shop them and see what they can do. Uh, and yeah, uh, <laughs> so we saw a, a little more Grimes, Evan Fournier today. When you didn't play well, and I'm not gonna hold you guys. I was kind of dis- disappointed in the Grimes minutes, man. I was disappointed in the Grimes minutes. Like he's been shooting well from he's been shooting well this season, even with reduced minutes. He's been shooting 39 from three, which is better than last season. I felt like I felt like he was a deer in headlights today. Like I felt like he got shook. There was a, there was a span, and he's playing meaningful game minutes in the third and fourth quarter. We saw Dante Divincenzo and Grimes playing together uh, in meaningful minutes. Dante was going off. Grimes was hesitant, didn't shoot when he's open. Uh, maybe overshot sometimes. Like it just seems like he didn't know where to go, or or maybe he was just not in the moment and overthinking. I was kind of disappointed what I got from what I saw from Grimes because when you you you've been relegated to the bench playing 15 minutes a game since this trade happened, this is your opportunity to seize the minutes that you have and show the coach or your early NBA like, hey, I'm for real. And he didn't do that today, so I was kind of, I was a little bit disappointed. It's why I miss Emmanuel quickly so much. He understood when the moment was there for him, and he always took it. And ran with it, whether it was on the offensive or the defensive side. Grimes, over five from three, missed all of his shots, scored zero points. He just doesn't have that dog in him. And that's a must for a, a Tibbs rotation. The thing about the rosters he had in Chicago, the ones that stuck together for a very long time, he, there were guys he trusted and there were guys that he didn't. And the ones that didn't didn't last very long, opposed to the Kirk Heinrichs and the Lou Aldanes. Uh, yeah, I, it's no surprise he's going to be shipped out. It's disappointing because I think he did about 26 other NBA teams. Grimes would be one of the best young players in the NBA right now. Well, I'm not saying he would be an all-star headed toward an all-star, but I think he would be a solid 15, 16 points game, four and four rebounds and assists. But in this system, with this head coach and this roster, that he's never going to be able to achieve that here. And it's sad that I said I called it right, and I wish I had it. We're building around Tom Thibodeau. And Grimes is a good indication 
of that trajectory. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm. A, I, it's funny. I'm gonna move on too because I don't. I don't even want to get into the Josh Hart stuff right now because I still want to celebrate this win, and then we're gonna we can we can circle back to this stuff a little bit later because I want to talk about Dante Divincenzo. Dante Divincenzo is a gunner. All right, he is a gunner. He shoots the ball. He ain't scared to shoot the ball. He knows he's out there to shoot the ball, and that's exactly what he does. He shoots the damn ball. And what you love about Dante is he shoots the ball in tight windows. Uh, Lee talked about dribble handoffs between him and Randall. That uh, he definitely took advantage of that. And not only that, like the defense, he he the passing the, the defense he plays the passing has been great. Uh, the fast breaks have been great. Uh, too many turnovers from in general, but there was a portion of the game in that fourth quarter where we needed spark, we needed some buckets, and I felt like it was Brunson and Dante that Nova connection. Like I felt like those guys were the real or the ones who were kind of carrying a team for like a good five to six minute span. I mean, then Brunson just went off with his own and did his own MVP thing, but I. I even though if you looked at his 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 stats today, were forty percent from the field, but like forty one percent from three. I think he shot twelve three pointers. Just just letting fly. Just twelve three pointers today. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked what I saw from Dante. He definitely he he didn't shoot well from the field, but I felt like he benefited from the Josh Hart's absence today with a little bit extra run. Yeah, and you see the way Dante plays. When he's in the starting lineup is the exact reason why Grimes is not a starter anymore. Just for the simple fact that Dante knows his role. Dante knows if he has if he gets the ball and there's an inch of daylight, let it fly. You're good enough. You're, he's a good three-point shooter. He knows that. And he knows that his job is out there to shoot. You let it fly. And Grimes, towards the end of his stint as a starter, he wasn't letting it fly from that shooting guard position. And and then also on top of that, I think Dante moves better without the ball as well, which also helps. He's better than that. He's better than Grimes at that as well, which is why he works so well in the starting unit than Grimes also. And you know, Dante definitely played well today. He did hit some clutch threes in the fourth quarter that kind of gave the Knicks a bit of a cushion, especially when the Washington Wizards were cutting into the lead and you know, that pretty much helped the Knicks to, you know, propel them to victory. So, you know, Dante definitely stepped up in his minutes and hit a couple clutch threes. So he played well tonight. Yeah. And it's funny. It's funny because when Evan Fournier first got here, right, before he – there was a time when Evan Fournier was good for us when Alfred Payton was next to him. So you, you didn't have to worry about the defense so well, so bad, because Alfred, Alfred actually played defense. He, as bad as he was offensively, he actually played defense. So Evan Fournier was able to play. Uh, he he spoke about how he had to work himself into playing differently for the Knicks. And he's, I remember reading an article and he talked about how he worked on how he shot three specifically in tighter windows, uh, going off curls with Julius Randle and getting that timing right. And that's when he started to actually um, hit threes for us towards the middle of the season. And end up breaking that John Starks record. And I don't know, Dante just does that innately because he came in doing that. 
But I think that's one of those things that Evan Fournier did that Grimes never did, and uh, which is you know be able to shoot right off, you know just able to shoot that three right off the dribble handoff that Randall liked to do with Evan Fournier and uh, uh, and um, what's my dad with the locks with the one blonde the one blonde. Reggie Bullock Reggie Bullock thank you <laughs> and Reggie Bullock back in the day, um, but uh, you, you got to work on that. You got to work on that. Evan, if that's work for Evan, that's what he's seeing is working for Dante. That's what you have to work on for this team to be successful. I'm not sure if he actually worked on it. Not to say he's a bad shooter because he's still shooting 39% from three on, on the season. Probably went down after today, though. Um, <laughs> probably He's probably down to 38, 37 after today. But you, you got to work your angle to work perfectly with the team, at least offensively. So, so, so. But yeah, but shout out to Dante DiVincenzo. And also shout out to OG Ananobi, the other guy we're concerned about was playing 40 minutes a game. Like the three-point shooting from him was was also needed in that third quarter. The defense for him is always needed. And he's always consistently had the, the, the best plus minus of the game. But that third quarter to me, when he was hitting shots from each corner, playing defense, going to a hole and finishing. Uh, he actually gave us a little bit of a padding, a little bit of a lead in that third quarter before we gave it up on turnovers. OG has been as good as advertised for us. So shout out to OG and an OB. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys have anything to add or anything you want to touch on. Oh, yeah, I think it's... Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. No, you can go ahead, Lee. No, go ahead. I insist. No, you could go ahead. Trust me. <laughs> All right. I think if you look back at the history, now I've talked about this before with the Tom Thibodeau Chicago Bulls teams. Like he's he's been very into the role and those archetypal roles throughout his head coaching stints within Minnesota and now New York. If you go back and you look at the guys that really stuck around, both in the rotation and as starters in Chicago, the Kirk Heinrichs, uh, Rasul Butler, um, Luol Dane, these guys were all taking eight to nine to 10 to 14 shot attempts a game as starters. And when you look at Quentin Grimes, you think about the only time that he was really trusted and effective as a starter was last season, 8.5 attempts a game. This season, 6.1. His rookie season, 5.1. So I think Tibbs prioritizes and prefers guys who, when they're open, as Ryan said, you let that thing fly. DiVincenzo is more in the mold but guys that he trusts in Chicago that were at that eight, eight attempt a game threshold or above, we can count on them to fill in the gaps when one of your two stars isn't hitting. And Quentin Grimes is incapable of doing that because, one, he doesn't have that dog, and, two, he's so hesitant to let it fire when he's wide open. Or, like, I felt like he felt – I felt like Grimes was, did better last season when sometimes he went to the hole. Like I felt like that's when he got to his rhythm. Like he 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 was concentrating too much on hitting threes, but I felt like he got his rhythm when he would he would go to the hole and, and not just shoot every three and good and ones or, or dish it up to Mitch. Like I don't feel like that part of his game has been there at all. And the thing that makes Dante good is it's fun. He Dante doesn't necessarily even have to be really open for real. Like that's the thing about Dante. Dante sometimes some of those shots he shot he shoots. If somebody else shot that, you would throw you would throw him out the game. <laughs> but it's Dante, so you just let it go. He's like, oh, it's Dante. He hits those. Like, we understand. You know what I mean? 
But like, not everybody, not everybody who shoots those Tyson contested shots is gonna stay in the game for me. So I mean, that's that's just is what it is. That's yeah, I'm at the stats right now, out of the eight point five shots took last year, five point seven were threes a game for Quentin Grimes. So I think I think it's about just taking them. Mm. Are you taking the shots that the offense because the read and react? That's what Tibbs runs, and if you take them at an eight or more a game, Tibbs is going to trust you to maintain in the rotation and the starting five. That's just not how Grimes' mind works, and not how he instinctively plays as a basketball player. But it is how Dante DiVincenzo does. Yeah, or just, it seems like he he just wasn't getting open with that first unit this year, like he was last year. Because I felt like last year with that first unit, he was able to find a little bit of his touch, and then this year for some reason he just was not able to get those same touches. And now he's on the now he's playing with the second unit, and the second unit is just a basket case. Like you're not going to get any rhythm playing with the second unit. Like just good luck. <laughs> yeah, especially not now. And the thing with Grimes too is with him being hesitant shooting, like I don't understand why, because when he was in the starting lineup, that was when Mitch was healthy. And if you know Mitch is a guy that can grab offensive rebounds at a high clip, if I'm on offense, I'm letting that thing fly because I'm like, yo, I got my big man down there. That's going to probably get the offensive rebound. Then we get another shot opportunity. But it's like you're still going to be hesitant to take shots in the starting line. I'm like, come on, man. And you're a shooter. That's what you do. That That's exactly why Dante's in the starting lineup right now. And he got relegated to the bench. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But um, we'll see what happens moving forward. I felt like that might have been his, his, his best shot. I'm not sure if. You're gonna see Josh Hart sit versus the Toronto Raptors. I can't foresee that happening. So he might he might have missed his shot unless something else happens. Um, but um, salute to the chat. Uh, the Discord link is actually open if you want to chime in. The link is pinned to the top of the chat. But shout out to Stanley Nowak, Gregory Lee, Next Nation TV, uh, Michael Moss. Fritz Alessandro, the best mod in the game. And everybody else is rocking with the KOT show. And also Marshall L. The Knicks win, man. Lost in all this Grimes talk and all this. about the Knicks won two games in a row for this Knicks. And I know people were upset because uh, Brunson was playing so many minutes. It's like, man, Tiz needs to take him out. I'm concerned too, for sure. But at the same time, have you seen the Eastern Conference standings? Like, you can lose three in a row. <laughs> and be 10 tomorrow or you can win four in a row and be second so it's 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 really tight it's really tight and every win is important especially against these bottom feeder teams we need to eat in january it gets tougher in february we definitely need to eat all right. I, I don't even know what where we are right now. I think yesterday we were at seventh. I'm not sure where we are right now. Right now, Knicks are in fifth. We're in see, look at that. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> he was in seventh yesterday. Now we in fifth. Like this, this, this tight. This tight. You have to do what you gotta do with these games. And I'm glad he got it out. Hopefully he is hundred percent and ready for the Raptors. Because what? Jalen Brunson versus Emmanuel quickly is gonna be top. Billing. Oh my God. I expect Twitter to be at war. I expect tears. I expect gunshots. I expect emotions. I expect quotes. I expect it all. It's going to be crazy on Saturday when the Raptors come to the TV. Um, but also, Saturday, I'm a. Hold on. 
Julius Randle, come to the stand, please. Julius Randle, please come to the stand. Dog, Julius. I'm actually... Julius hit some clutch baskets today. He did. He hit some clutch baskets today. One thing I always said last season was, what do the Knicks do when they force the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands? I feel like Randall has been playing off of Jalen Brunson better this year than he was last year. So I'm happy about that. But with the game on the line, Randall, my pet peeve with Randall has to be his lack of pulse for the moment sometimes is just baffles me. Like the way he's casually dribbling up the floor, not protecting the ball with his body, with Jordan Poole trying to trying to steal the ball with the whole Wizards team's defense is, is, is up 20 notches. This is the best defense they ever played all season. All right. And you just casually bring the ball up and having a turnover. What, what was it? 40 seconds left in the game. Bruh. Bruh. Nah, Randall, we, we need you better. I like it in the way you've been playing this season. You've been hitting the clutch baskets, but we need, we need you to concentrate towards the end of the game. We can't have that. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I'm not even sure if that was really a follow, Randall. To be honest, that that one that one could have could have kind of went either way, and they just, and he just decided to give it a pull. But yeah, he need, he does need to be a bit more um, aware of the moment and be a bit more aggressive bringing the ball up the court. But it, it's kind of crazy though because he did have he did knock in two clutch shots for the Knicks to on the stretch. So it's kind of like. You know, he has good and bad. It's like he, he knocks in those clutch shots, but at the same time, he turns over the ball late in the game. That keeps the Wizards in it as well. It's like, come on, man. Like, you're, neg you're negating the good that you did early in the fourth quarter by doing what you did late in the game when the Knicks need to try to close this game out. <laughs> Fundamentals. Fundamentals, Ryan. Protect the ball with your body. Basketball one-on-one. -on -one. You don't even got, oh, you don't even do all this crazy dribbling, hang dribble. Oh, you big. You're 6'8. Pool is a little thing. All you gotta do is turn to the side. That's it. That's it. Like you don't gotta do nothing crazy. Like it's it's really not that hard. It's turn to the side and dribble, use your body to shield. That's it. That's why sometimes you just gotta get the ball to a guard. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta get the ball to a guard. Uh, but I digress. But salute to the chat. Um, I don't know if anybody's in the actual Discord. I haven't even checked my computer. My bad. But salute to you crazy guys who's here checking out the KOT show. Damn the 11 30, because we beat the Wizards. I salute you guys and I thank you guys for all the support. We we appreciate you guys. Shout out to Marsha L. Shout out to Glamour uh in the chat and everybody else is rocking and crazy stand no whack in the chat as well. All right. Do you how you guys feeling? I want to talk about rumors. This has been there's been a, a sprinkle of rumors. And then the Knicks Twitters and the internet. Do you do you guys want to get there? You want to go talk about those? Let's do it. Yeah, let, why not? Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. News has been dropping. And I'm going to get to it. I don't even know if I want to get to the Bondi news. Nah, huh. I don't even like I don't even know how to take Bondi. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. 85% false. 85%. Like, I, like, I don't know if you guys heard about the whole thing about Tibbs is, is mad at Grimes because he didn't play with the, with the bad shoulder and 
Christ is pissed at Tiz for not playing time. Like, I don't know how, I don't know what to make of that. Like, I don't know what's true, what's false. I asked Ian what he thought. And he didn't get back to me. Hopefully he does. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm flabbergasted. But Michael Scotto, though, and Ian Begley did uh, drop some news. And I'm going to get to that real quick. Let's see if I can actually find the little tidbit that I wanted to read. So my shout out to Michael Scotto, who was here with the KOT show talking about this Jean Tay Murray. Uh, he was the first guy I seen kind of break the news that the Knicks were even interested in the Jean Tay Murray and pairing him with OG on Anobi. Uh, but of course, you know, you might have heard this bit of news uh, before. Atlanta is looking for at least two first round picks, according to the ringer. The Hawks are not looking to take back salary past this season. League sources told Hoops Hype. That smells like Evan Fournier to me. That smells like Evan Fournier to me. But let's keep going. <laughs> but uh, also interesting about this is this part. Another big market, New York, was first reported to have interest in Murray by Hoops Hype since acquiring OG Ananobi and the team's recent success. However, the Knicks aren't in a rush to push their chips all in for Murray at this time, which is interesting because, you know, everybody knows the Knicks have picks. They got more picks than anybody else. So to me, what this means is, hey, we're not outbidding ourselves. Nobody has offered the uh, Dante uh, DeJounte two picks. We're not going to do it either. All right. We're only going to move unless it's what Leon likes to call a bargain basement deal. That's what he does. He, he, he goes bargain. He doesn't like adding picks. Doesn't add like a lot of value. So that's what it's like right now. So they're not really pressed on Murray at this point. All right. But what else is interesting is this tidbit. When you get to this Knicks trace target, it says the New York Knicks are primarily dangling the expiring contract of Evan Fournier. No surprise there because they're trying to get rid of him. Um, and young assets quitting Grimes. Boo. And draft pick compensation for a potential upgrade, these sources told Hoops Hype. While the Knicks have been linked to Hawks guard DeJounte Murray, as previously reported here on Hoops Hype, New York is gauging the market to see what else that potential package can fetch. So just look, they're doing due diligence. They're just kind of playing around. Given the recent success of the Knicks have had following the OG and acquisition, New York isn't in a rush to push their chips in for Murray. These sources tell Hoops Hype several rival executives who spoke with the Hoops Hypes are already unofficially penciling in on an Ananobi to resign. Okay, we already know that. Let me skip all this part and get to the other part. The Knicks are doing their due diligence and looking at various players across the league, including Hornets, Terry Rozier, we talked about on this program, Blazers guards, Malcolm Brogdon, and get ready for this, Lee, Tom Thibodeau favorite, <laughs> the one, the only, <laughs> Alec Bruh 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 Bert's been cooking 
lately. He's been playing some fantastic ball, and I hope he continues to play fantastic ball in Detroit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yo, I, I, yo, it's okay. funny. I said this. Is, I said this. I felt like Josh Hart be the new Ali Burke sometimes. Yo, like. <laughs> What I'm saying is people, and I'm not saying their game is the same. I think people misconstrue me when I say that. What I mean is he's a vet. Like Alec Burks is a vet. He's a good vet, but I felt like, I feel like Tibbs overuses him. Uh, Josh Hart sometimes. And I felt like he did the same thing with Alec Burks to the point where some Knicks fans didn't like him. And I, fe- I didn't feel like it's didn't like him because he was a bad player. They just didn't like him because the way that Tibbs used him specifically. And I feel like some, sometimes that's what's happening with Josh Hart. But um, yeah, I I love I actually like Alec Burks as a player. But I'm I'm good on Alec Burks. I'm definitely good on Alec Burks for sure. Facts, I don't want no PTSD. Like Tibbs and Burks, not a good combo. I'm good on that as well. Cause I don't want to see. Burks come to New York, then all of a sudden Thibs put him in as the backup point guard. No, I don't want to see no more Burks at point guard. I'm good at that. PTSD. I am straight. Strizet. Done. Benito. No way. Jose. Now, <laughs> like, I can't, I'm, how, what, what would, like, I don't even know what Burks it costs. I know they, they're primarily seeing what Evan Fournier and Grimes can get you. I can't imagine, that's an overpay for Alec Burks, for sure. I would think. In my mind, anyway. Like I'm not like even everybody on his list. Terry, maybe Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier. Like Brogdon definitely wouldn't cost Grimes and Evan Fournier. Actually, in the same article, shout to Sweeney who po- who posted this earlier. It was stated that executives feel like Malcolm Brogdon would only take salary filler and a pick to make that trade work. So Sally filler and pick, I do that yesterday. Like I might've done that pick. I might've done that trade already. I'm not even gonna hold you. I might've done shipped out Evan Fournier for, and a Sally pick for Brogdon just so we can preserve freaking Jalen Brunson's calf muscle. This is looking, it was looking wobbly. Today. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I um, like- yeah, man. Based on some conversations I heard about the Dante DiVincenzo pickup, I heard that um, he was not their first option. I can't remember who the first op- – oh, Struce. Struce was number one, Bruce Brown was number two, and DiVincenzo was their third option. I feel like right now they can have Brogdon if they want him. This is all speculation. I'm, my, my wheel is just turning. I feel like they can have Brogdon if they want him. They're waiting to see if there's a better package out there in negotiations to bring in someone else. And if it doesn't happen, Brogdon will be the backup. So you feel like the 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 it's funny because should should Brogdon be the backup? I mean, who would you pick over Brock? I mean, I know you like Jordan Clarkson. I know you would say Jordan Clarkson. But to me, a point guard, a playmaking point guard is absolutely paramount. Somebody can get their own bucket and make plays for others to me is absolutely paramount. Clarkson. Huh? That's Clarkson. So, yeah, I can see I can see Clarkson. Uh, Terry Rozier is magically on the list, but uh, this shout out to Ian Begley. This is I'm going to jump into Ian Begley's mailbag. Shout out to you, to Ian Begley. And he wrote this. 
What is the Knicks' plans for Evan Fournier? They are going to trade him. It's just a matter of when and for whom. Fournier is making $18.8 million this season. The salary is valuable in many trades the Knicks could explore in the next three weeks. They could use it in a package to acquire Bruce Brown from Toronto. They could also package Quentin Grimes and Fournier to match salary for a top server reserve. I'm sorry. Like Portland's Malcolm Brogdon or Charlotte's Terry Rozier. For what it's worth, Rozier had not been at the top of the Knicks list entering the week. As of last weekend, the Knicks had not made a significant inquiry on Brogdon either. Things can always change in the next three weeks. But but Brown, I assume, will be near the top of the Knicks of, of the Knicks wish list if he becomes available. So this is kind of revealing a little bit more. This is kind of giving you a hierarchy of what the Knicks are looking for. And it's kind of confusing to me. I'm not going to hold you. Like, because the way Ian is writing, it makes it feels like Bruce Brown is more of a priority over a Brogdon or Clarkson or whoever else we're talking to, which is strange to me because, you know, Bruce Brown, he's known to... Like, he's a wing guy. He's a 6'4 wing, scrappy guy. But he's not really, like, a point guard, even though he's played some point guard. So, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think of this? Um, I mean, me personally, first and foremost, Bruce Brown, he's a good player. I'm not trying to say he's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. He's a very good player. He played a vital role on that championship Denver Nuggets team. He's definitely a guy that can come off the bench. He could definitely drop 20 points on any given night. He's capable. He's capable of that. I think the way the Knicks are looking at it by having Bruce Brown near the top of their list. I think the Knicks are looking at looking at it as they just want somebody off the bench that could just score for them. I think I I don't think they're necessarily looking looking for like a facilitator, whatever the case may be. They might just want somebody off the bench that could score buckets and somebody who who they can probably know that when it comes to the players they can depend on. Yeah. And he has proven that in the playoffs he you can depend on him to play up to his level. So that that's the only thing I can think about. Maybe they're thinking about it as, you know, we bring this guy in when playoff time comes, we know he's going to produce. And then on top of that, he's going to, he's going to help the bench, you know, up at scoring. So, and then on top of that, I mean, he, he is a guy that fits the dibs mold as well. I mean, he's a guy plays defense, dog can score. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, it's like, yo, the front office doing what they do. They they just copy pasting the same archetype player, dog. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much, that's what I'm saying. They, I'm they, like, they, they just give a bunch of Josh Hart's here. It's just, it's just, <laughs> six 6'4", can shoot threes, but not really. But maybe sometimes in clutch moments they could and play defense and run around and bark at you and make faces and shit. Like, that's, that's what they do. <laughs> like, that's what they're doing right now. I'm out on Bruce Brown. Uh, no interest for all the reasons that you guys said. We already kind of had that art type. Now he was the best. He was the most important non-starter. Well, 
non-Bid 4 in that Nuggets championship run. Outside of Gordon, Joker, Murray, and Porter Jr., he, he was the most important role player. He had bigger moments than Braun or KCP. But, uh, yeah. But in my opinion, we can, there's other options out there that add different elements to our team that we need more. We need someone who can actually shoot threes at a sniper level because we can't just depend only on Brunson DiVincenzo. We need to have a guy off the bench and come in and hit threes at a really high clip and, and consistently as well. We also need someone a little bit more flash, someone who could average 20 points in playoff series. That's not Brown. I don't want us to package our assets, especially Quentin Grimes, for a player like Brown when Grimes obviously has more higher upside and isn't paid $23 million a year. Contract is also super overpaid. It The thing with the 20 – the thing I think what the Knicks are thinking and what NBA teams are thinking – is you can flip him like they're thinking of players you can grab that's 23 million that you can flip that's really what it is so like even though you may say he's underpaid the way the cap is going the way teams are looking at him he won the championship i'm pretty sure if it came to it if like a star came available you can put bruce brown in there and teams wouldn't bat an eye because he's making 23 he's salary filler and he's championship proof and so i feel like that's i'm not sure if the knicks are looking at it from a long term like they're gonna he's gonna help us with what we have already or just a flipping thing like now i'm now i'm just thinking of contracts is like pretty much a damn pancake I'll flip you here and like i i don't know how seriously to take this because of the archetypes players that we have is, is yeah, I mean, yeah i think it might be a flip thing because i think what also helps is that Next year is going to be expiring, so the Knicks the Knicks could be just looking at it as because in one of the articles that I read, I don't know if we talked about it on the show or not, but but basically they basically basically it said that the Knicks are looking for a guy that can help today, but at the same time can be flipped. Yeah, and I mean if you're looking at it from that standpoint, and Bruce Brown does fit that archetype, he is a player that can help today, and you can flip him to for another, you know, star player or, or whoever else, whoever else the Knicks pursue in the future. And I think that's why Terry Rozier just landed on there. Like, I'm not sure how serious they are, but like I said, I, I showed, I showed y'all the Terry Rozier uh, contract the other day where he's three years, the last year is non-guaranteed. You know, so like this is, let me show you. Let's see if I can pull this up real quick. I know that's looking weird. Let's see. Where is it? There we go. Yeah, like 21, 23, the 26 is non is, is a partial. I'm sorry. The 20, the third year is a partial. So like another flippable contract. And at the end of the day, too, like he's still averaging 23 a game. He's a guy, I guess you could play put off the bench, but he's kind of playing a starter role right now. He's 91st percentile in pink and roll. Uh shoot, I was actually looking at this clean the glass. Is cleaning the glass stats. It's actually pretty, pretty damn weird. Now, you know, he's 40% from three. Board made 50%. Like, he he's lighting it up. He, he's not finishing at the rim, but everywhere else, he's lighting it up. So he he fits that mold. He's not probably the, the defender that Tibbs might actually want. That might be where he 
that might be where it falls flat because if you're going to play with Brunson, you want to have a defender next to Brunson. That's why that's probably where it falls flat. But everywhere else he hits. And so I don't know. That could be why the Knicks are looking at him, but I'm not sure how serious they really are. They kids be like, oh, contract. <laughs> contract and the score. We'll see. Let's try. The thing that eliminates Rogier for me is you can't close with him and Brunson in yeah. the backcourt. Two yeah. six one guys that are going to be clicked on defense. It's not going to happen. I, I, that's why I don't think he's a realistic option. Where Clarkson, Dejounte Murray, Brogdon—they're all six, six, they're four, six, five. They can finish. They can close the game, but IQ used to with Brunson uh, in the backcourt. Yeah, now I hear you. And of course, Brogdon is Brogdon. We, we talked about Brogdon. But you, you guys, now already know what kind of what Brogdon brings to the table. Six man of the year guy last year. He's on Portland Trailblazers now. Down year, but I like I said, I don't. I don't take down years on bad teams with a grain of salt for veterans specifically. Like those veterans who are 30, like I feel like once they're on a bad team, they're just like, man, whatever. <laughs> like sometimes it's just like, wait till trade deadline, please. I'll do my job. I'll, you know, I'll mentor, but I take those numbers with a grain of salt. Yeah, and it's also kind of funny because you look at all these players that you that these rumors are pretty much saying that the Knicks are interested in. And if you look at the list, the Knicks could pretty much trade for any of these players today if they truly wanted to. It, I mean, it's clear as day that the Knicks are holding their cards close to their chest and they're just waiting. Yeah. And and and, they, and I think the Knicks are just hoping that a player just becomes available like right before the trade deadline, that they see that, that they see somebody that could be a serious help to the team, and at the same time they could flip them, and then they're gonna pull the trigger on that player, whoever that player may be. That's what it's looking like at the moment. They're just being patient, playing the waiting game. Yeah, we got OG. We we pulled. We, you shot the first gun. You shot the first bullet early. Made the first team to make that trade. Now we're gonna be patient and wait for the landscape to unfold so we can make our move and see what's available. Like that's exactly what's happening. Also, another tidbit, because I know all you guys, including me, were concerned about the amount of minutes OG Ananobi has been playing. Maybe this can help some. In addition, the Knicks are surveying the trade market for a backup power forward league sources told Hoops Hype. Something we desperately, desperately need. Me, personally, I would love a 3 and D type of power forward. Um, not sure exactly who will be available at this time. We we were kind of spitballing. Uh, we were kind of spitballing in our group chat, but we still haven't done extensive knowledge on uh, on like backup power forwards. Really, we just kind of spitballing off the top. I know what Ryan PJ Ryan said PJ or PJ Washington. Yeah, PJ Washington is one of them. I think Robert Williams is mentioned. Yeah, Robert Williams is mentioned, who's been having a horrible he, year for Dallas. <laughs> Dallas wants to get rid of him. <laughs> how about Grant yeah. Williams? Yeah, Grant Williams. And PJ Tucker, who's not being used on the Clippers bench. Right. Probably you had for a nickel, too. <laughs> 3D guy who's been, don't know if he's washed, could be washed. Or they could just not, you know, just just gave up with him because he wasn't getting his their system. Um, I'm always gonna look at Chicago. Probably got a couple of power forwards. I don't know. 
Shoot, Patrick feel, Williams. Yeah, Patrick Williams would be nice, but I feel like uh, that can be expensive. That's probably the best option we've said so far. P.J. Washington's having a horrible year in Charlotte. They can't wait to offload him. He, they see him as a damaged asset. So, I mean, whoever we get with the amount of Randall usage and minutes uh, and opportunities, I think the guys don't play maybe 10, 15 minutes a game. That's so it. So, as long as they provide some defense and stretch shooting, 3 and D. I, I love that. I, I'm, I'm really a Mike Mastella type guy. I'm cool with it. I am too. I am too. Yeah. But, yo, PJ too, like, even, like, even with the damn – the Charlotte Hornets, like when teams are a basket case, sometimes you don't, you just don't know what you're getting. Sometimes you see the diamond in the rough and you just dust it off, put them in a new team in a new situation with actually some structure. And then all of a sudden, that player who was looking like buns last week is looking like a diamond this week because Tom Thibodeau is actually teaching them how to play actual defense. So you just, you just don't know. PJ Washington wasn't seen. I mean, PJ Washington wasn't seen as some damaged goods a couple of, you know, a year ago. So. That could be something. That could definitely be something. Yeah, Pat, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't know if you guys have any suggestions in the chat. I actually haven't even checked the Discord link to see if anybody said anything. Fritz had a good one, Brand Clark from Memphis. That would be a nice backup. There's actually potential there for more. He's just been injured, so he hasn't got a chance to really develop as much as he should have. Mm, that would be nice. That would definitely be nice. I'll, you think Memphis is going to give up on them and trade them? Uh, Jaws out for the year. I think it's possible. They might want to collect draft capital. They're very, tanking now. Very true. Very true. I could definitely see that. Ronnie Sanders said the Nets. The who? Did the Nets really have like a real power forward that they're willing to trade right now? I don't think so. If they have a wing that can double as a power forward, but we have enough of that. We yeah. need like a power forward. Yes, I agree with you, Jay. Dory Finney-Smith, great player. Yeah. But no undersized wings playing power forward. I agree. I definitely agree. Shoot. Now, if we end, if we end up getting moving Grimes, then I'll, I'll definitely I'll take Dorian for sure. <laughs> In a heartbeat, I'll take Dorian for sure. Um, But, yo, I... Power forwards, backup power forwards. I feel like that's not that's not it's not a lot of those that I can think of. Kuzma, Kuzma's Kuzma, of course, is great, but he's too. Exp- I can't see the Knicks getting. Wait, Kuzma's. Well, actually, Kuzma. Where is he? Twenty mil. Is he okay coming off the bench? I don't see that. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that. I don't see Kuzma coming off the bench. Even if his contract is, might be decent. I don't see him coming off the bench. No. Yeah, and he's nice. His contract is what? Yeah, his contract is nice too. Kuzma is that type of contract that you can flip easily. Twenty-five million this season, twenty-three, then twenty-one, then nineteen. Descending contract with the cap going up. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like we mentioned every power forward that we can think of. But uh, I'm have to do some extensive research because I'm pretty sure there are guys that we're missing that might be available, but we probably just can't think of it at the moment as to who that may be. Tyson Daniels is interesting. He's a guard, though. Yeah, he is a guard. He's like a he's like one of those. 
He's a guard, but he can. He's like six eight, right? He's a tall guard, yeah, but he's a, still a guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He definitely can't play up front. Got you, got you, got you. I feel like we've mentioned this dude on Orlando Magic a few times already. Who's the dude that's old? Jonathan Isaac. Oh, Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, Jonathan Isaac. String bean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, defensively, he's a beast. Yeah, the defense is there. Yeah, but offensively, yeah, he's a bit shaky. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I think Randall is such a presence offensively. I'm actually okay. I mean, he is he is so good defensively. I'm thinking about matchup yeah. lineups with him, Mitch, and OG. Oh, oh my like, god. Other team not scoring at all. Him and OG <laughs> together with Mitch. Oh my, that's just not fair. Uh, that's not fair. But, but at the bare minimum, if you need to stop. The game on the line. You throw him out there with OG and Mitch, and then just watch players cry. Yep. <laughs> That's all. That's it. Just like what, just like what, uh, what the Tibbs did to Frank on top on uh Trey Young in the playoffs. <laughs> when he he threw Frank out there, but Frank got cooked. So maybe that's a bad. Example. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad example. But you know, but you know that version, but better. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's all I mean. Oh man, but yeah, I, 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 I'm out. I'm out of players. I'm out of players. To think about maybe we can do some more extensive research. I did like yeah. a quick two minute research before it came on the show, but that's all I can think of. All right, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm done. I got anything. I got everything else. I said everything I wanted to say. Any ooh or bro picks for me, you guys? I hmm. do not have any. Oh wait, I do have a bro pick. Yeah. Actually, do one, yeah, one bro pick. Oh, you got a bro pick. All right, let's, let's go. And for guys who don't know, bro picks are usually the worst plays of the week, or sometimes it can just be the worst play of the game. It doesn't even have to be about this game. It could be any game, and actually, it doesn't even have to be the worst play of the week. It could just be anything bad that you saw that happened in the universe, or on Earth, in America, wherever. Like that's what, that's what we call the. Wait, I'm sorry. Bruh. Bruh picks. All right. All right. I, I, I remembered my bruh pick from yesterday. <laughs> yep. I remembered it. All right. But go, go ahead, Ryan G. My bruh pick is from the game tonight. Jordan Poole. You see, this is why some players are looked down upon as a negative for their team. Because late in the game... The Wizards were down by four. There was no need to take a rush shot. You can easily run offense. You don't even have to take a three. You can just drive to the basket, get an easy two, then follow on the next, on the next possession, try to get a steal, then follow on the next possession. My guy, Jordan Poole, brings the ball up the court and just jacks a three within like three or four seconds. And there's 20-something seconds left on the clock. You don't even have to rush to shoot a three with four down by four. Bruh. And my guy just the ball up the court and just jacks a three. And then from there, Randall gets the rebound. That pretty much seals the game for the for the Knicks. That's the Jordan Poole experience, man. That's that's just the Jordan Poole experience. That's, uh, yeah. He's he's watched. He saw Steph. This is what happens when you watch Steph Curry up close and you're not Steph Curry. 
<laughs> like you see him do that thing, I can do that, but now, 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 bro, that's not your ministry. Just, 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 yeah, yeah, uh, it is what it is. Sorry, I feel sorry for that. Was his team, not really. I don't, okay. <laughs> My bro pick is this, all right, so. You know, this this has been a certain player that I've been watching from afar, and he just seems like he just seemed like he never really got it, and he couldn't really accept criticism, and he always looked like he was looking for a shortcut to me. And I felt like the move that he pulled yesterday super confirmed that theory because when he was on the phoenix suns it seemed like booker and chris paul were always trying to tell him what to do always try to tell him how to get better what to do to get better the path to take to, to be a hard worker da, 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 da. he never did it and yesterday in brooklyn the phoenix suns had to play the brooklyn nets for you people for you guys in new york it was snowy it is icy and my guy, Aiton, missed an NBA basketball game because he said he couldn't get to the court because it was too icy. Bruh. Like, my guy is a millionaire. He's a millionaire with lots of money, lots of resources, and you're telling me that as a seven foot grown man who is not in high school or middle school anymore, you pulled the old, it's a snow day trick to miss an NBA game. Like, I don't understand that. Like, you carry Uber, Uber black. Like I live in New York, my parents are in Brooklyn. It's, it's icy, yes, but it's not so icy that you can't leave your crib, man. Like to me, that just epitomizes why he didn't work out in Phoenix? My, my thing. I'm sorry to cut you off, Jay, but my thing is this: I'm pretty sure his teammates probably live in his neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure it's not like you know he's like the only guy that lives in this neighborhood where it's icy, and then his other teammates live in like some other neighborhood where it's not icy. Like, I'm pretty sure they all dealing with the same conditions. So how are your teammates able to make it to the damn game, but you're not able to make it to the damn game? Oh. Bruh, bruh, bruh. I don't understand how you take that guy seriously, though. And they get he has max money. Like, th these, are the, these are the guys... You be hearing these NBA players talk about players who have all the talent, but they don't love the game. Like, I don't think he loves the game. Because there is no way in hell I'm missing a, I'm missing a game like that. There's no way. And I'm getting played the, the money. That's crazy. That that was a Bruh. crazy story I heard yesterday. Yeah, like he Aiden, I'm sorry. You better cherish this contract. Because that might be the bit the last big contract you get. The way you don't take the game seriously. I'm <laughs> I died, bro. Pet. What's up? My man, Josh Giddy. <clears throat> now, there's been a lot of arguments online, everywhere, about the concept of white privilege. I mean, it's it's a term that's used too often, and a lot of the times it's used incorrectly. But I think the Josh Giddy situation with the police is one of the most profound 
pieces of evidence that it does exist in some cases. A man can have sex with a preteen and get away with it because her and her family did not want to cooperate. And now Josh Giddy is there's no police investigation on whether he broke the law or not. Uh, even though the evidence they had was very overwhelming that he definitely was carrying on a relationship. And they got to the point to where the excuse was he just didn't know that she was 15, which is wild. If you don't know the difference between a 30-year-old woman and a 15-year-old woman, there's something wrong with you. Uh, but he got he got off with the police investigation. Well, Adam Silver said, hold my beer. NBA is still investigating on whether there was improper conduct uh, between him and the 15-year-old girl. So, I, hey, man, I shit on Adam, Adam Silver a lot, but this time he wasn't a bum. I'm glad that he's not continuing the investigation, and I hope that the truth comes out in it. And if so, my man Giddy, time to learn Chinese, buddy. Yo. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> You better find out how to say 15 in, in, in Chinese. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Train that man to the Shanghai Shark. Yeah. <laughs> Very number 13, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's coming for your statue, Steph. <laughs> he's coming for your statue. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Ah, I'm not going down that rabbit hole, though. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going down the privilege rabbit hole. It is a long Give Fritz a light, man. Let's, let's, let's put the lights up there. Fritz been boarding his ass off today. Yeah, yeah man. Shout out to Fritz, man. Shout out to Fritz. Yeah, you missed. I shouted you out yesterday, Fritz, for uh, holding down the show while I was in uh, St. Kitts. So, uh, sh- Fritz was holding on, uh, holding on the fort, man, doing the, the background work of, of yep. uh, putting up the, the, you know, even putting up the the, the graphics and you know all that stuff. So shout out to Fritz, sure. man, best mod in the game. I say that for a reason. I say yes, that sir. for a reason. Switch army mod. That's how he's a switch army mod. I don't know what any mods be doing or what Fritz be doing. So shout out to Fritz. All right, all right, all right, yo, that's it, man. That's the show. Thank you guys for watching. We got Knicks versus Raptors coming up on Saturday. Be there or be square. We will definitely be here. Bring your tissues or whatever you want to bring. It's going to be emotional. Hopefully it's a win. It's going to be Brunson versus IQ. It's going to be OG Garden RJ. It's going to be Randall beating up whoever. Scotty Barnes, I don't know. Like it, it should be a good game. The Raptors have actually been winning more games than losing since our guys, our old guys have been going over there. Uh there definitely is going I can definitely see some civil war happening on Nick's YouTube and Nick's Twitter. So uh yeah, stay tuned. It's, it's gonna be a barn burner. All right. <laughs> All right. Lee, let them know where they can find you, man. I've been enjoying using this little part of the show to shout someone else out instead of getting my Twitter handle. So I'm going to do it one more time. I want to shout out my man, Uncle Fulio, the controversy. I don't always agree with his opinions. Actually, I never agree with his opinions. But I like the way that he articulates his opinions. And I like how he stands on business every single time. He's a sharp dude, great mind, and a very engaging content creator on Twitter and on his YouTube channel. Follow him at Uncle Fulio, U-N-C-L-E-F-O-O-L-I-O. Shout out Uncle Fulio. Yeah. Foot Club time. Shout out, man, shout, shout out to Uncle. Shout out to Uncle Fulio, man. Good dude. Today's book. Uh, this was 
super engaging. This is called The Punch, and it's by John Feinstein, who's written a lot about NCAA ball, a lot about basketball. This is about the punch of Kermit Washington delivered to Reed Tom Donovich and the Lakers Houston Rockets game in the 70s. And he, it contextualizes it in the socioeconomic climate of that time, white and black relations, especially within the league, and how black players were refereed and officiated and judged and given contracts. It goes into a lot of different circumstances. Oh, man. It put Kermit in that position and put Rudy in that position. What was going on in each of their lives? when the punch landed, how that punch affected their marriages, how it affected them as fathers, and how it affected them as businessmen, their abilities to make a living in basketball. It traces it from the moment, actually before, to when they got drafted, all the way to about 10 years ago, 15 years ago when the book came out. Uh, unfortunately, my man Kermit Washington is in jail right now for, for tax fraud. I hope he gets out. Uh, he was spending his foundation money on side pieces. Literally, you can doodle it. It's a horrible situation. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. The punch almost killed Reed Donovich. He was bleeding from his cranium. Uh, it was an unbelievable situation. But Kermit was actually a very complicated, interesting, complex person. And it wasn't as simple as black and white. Check it out. The Fight. John Feinstein. Great book. Shout out Kermit Washington and Reed Tom Donovich. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. All-time NBA quote. Mm. Damn good pitch. Damn good pitch there. Yes, <laughs> Camilo. All right, all right, all right, Ryan G. Let them know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. You're gonna probably, well, I'll say this after this weekend, I'm probably not gonna be on Nick's Twitter because it's gonna be a shit. This <laughs> <laughs> is gonna be a shit show, so I'm probably not even gonna be on Twitter this weekend. But you can also find me on Instagram at Sergi is chilling. Sergi is chilling. <laughs> S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. Nah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a shit show. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> oh my god. I hope we win. The basketball gods, please let us win. Because I'm yeah. gonna go insane if the Knicks if the Knicks lose to the Raptors, I'm gonna go insane. Cause I hope it Huh? I hope the Knicks win, but I I'm cool with IQ and, and Randall combine IQ and RJ combined for 60. I'm cool with that too, as long as the Knicks win. That's yeah. all I care. Yeah, we gotta we gotta combine for 70. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, it's it's like one of those things where it's like, I want to see R IQ and RJ Duke but at the same time. I want the Knicks to bust the rap. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Not too good, but good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh my yo, can you guys imagine a Knicks Raptors playoff series? Oh man. Oh damn. <laughs> Can you guys imagine? Oh my gosh! Oh, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. That would be yeah. That would be insane. All right, that is the show. Uh, hold, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. The Raptors are sixteen and twenty six. I don't think we have to worry about that. No, nah, I know we have to worry about this year. I don't think we have to worry about this year for sure. Yeah, not this year, but future. Yeah, but like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at the way the team is shaping out. Like they're winning more than they're losing since the trade. Are they? I don't know about that. Aren't they lost they won. at least five hundred? Hold on, I don't know if they're. But no, then they beat. Then they beat the Heat. Yes, they did. Yeah, they smacked them the other night. Yeah, they like, beat the Heat. They barely out. lost to the Clippers. They, I think, they lost to the Clippers and Lakers, and then they beat the Heat. I felt like they, I felt like they might have like won three and lost two. I'm only going off of them. 
I'm only yeah, going to I think, I think, 500. I think it might be 500, but I'm not 100% on that. Okay. I know they lost like four or five in a row after the trade. Right, right, right. All right. Well, I'll check. Well, I'll check that later. I'll check that later. All right. All right. Well, that is the show. Follow us on the KOT show on Twitter, the Nick of Time show on Instagram, and the Nick of Time show on Facebook as well. Okay. And come here for your next content, man. Just, just, just do it. Enjoy it. Hit that like and subscribe as well. And you know, though, you know what, too? Uh, even, uh, Super chats are also welcome. Helps keep the lights on. Helps keep things smooth over here. So I appreciate all the support we can get on at the Nick of Time show. All right. That is the show. We will see you on Saturday. Thank you guys for watching. And as always, shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Some mess out here in these Nick's YouTube streets. That's the show. We out this mug. Peace. Big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams.